everybody. This is Paige. And this is Maureen. And we are Once Upon a Binge, and I am very excited for this episode. It took a little bit to get here, but we are here to talk about Catching Fire, the film. I'm so excited. I'm just going to say it was far superior to the book, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I say superior, but it is different, and I like a lot of the choices they made to like streamline things from the book that wouldn't translate to film at all. Like, a lot of the yeah. things that they do, I'm like, oh, yes, that was a good choice. That was a good choice. That was all the me, me during the whole movie. <laughs> all the good choices. So, the first thing I noticed was we got a budget increase with this film. The opening shot is gorgeous by itself. And I was like, oh, right, they, they got more money for this after the shaky cam we got <laughs> from <laughs> The Hunger Games. It was a serious improvement. But also something I noticed is both movies start with Katniss in the woods hunting. Yes. Did it start like that in the book? Um, no. Well, the beginning of the book is her sleeping with her sister and then going out to hunt. Okay, yeah. So, like... I feel like... Yes and no. It doesn't, like, open on her hunting, but she starts both books by hunting. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I was watching this, I was filling in all the blanks that they, like, cut out of the movie like, the book stuff, I was filling it in being like, oh, and this is where this would have happened between this scene and this scene for some yeah. reason. <laughs> it was, it made me wonder how, like, if you'd watched this for the first time and you'd never read the books, how the experience would have been, because I'd never had that experience, and I obviously never will be able to unless I get some kind of, like, amnesia, which, <laughs> let's knock on wood that that's not gonna happen. No, I don't want that for you. Um, I really liked is not the correct word. But it was interesting to see how they kind of brought in some of Katniss's PTSD at the very Mm -hmm. beginning when she's hunting. Because I feel like, is that something that happens in the book? It's not really. Like, I feel like they focus on the dreams a lot and, like, that aspect. But I don't think there's ever a moment where she's, like, hunting and sees herself kill somebody. But that was so Mm -hmm. well done. And I was like, you really get a sense for, like, how the games have permeated their lives and, like, it affects everything they do now. Yeah, and, like, even when she was, like, by herself hunting at the very beginning and then she jumps and she almost shoots Gale because she's so scared, like, she feels like she's still in the games. Yeah. It was all so good. But also, can I just say, I wrote, Gale staring longingly at Katniss, let's just go all in on this love triangle, but honestly (laughs) it's unfair to Josh Hutcherson how cute Liam is. And then today, on my timeline... There was a photo of swole Liam Hemsworth, and I felt personally attacked. That is the only reason I'm still rooting for Gail, is because of this actor. <laughs> I can't split them up. I just can't. Yeah, they really, like, especially in this movie, went all in on Team Pina, Team Gail in they so many ways. so much! Gail and Katniss kissed so much in this I movie. I know, I was like, this is way what? more kissing than the book. Yeah, he has his one kiss that he does in the beginning where he's like, I just need to do that once. And then, like, five more times he does it. So clearly, sir, you were fine. You didn't have to worry. Yeah, I also was really interested in how they chose to um, put their kiss in the district, which was a lot more, like, defiant. I feel like I would have liked it better having been in the meadow. If it stayed in the wood. Because, or, like, anywhere, like, close to the woods, because then it would have felt like her safe space was actually violated. But it was a very fast turnaround, because they kissed and Snow immediately had the footage, like, (laughs) right then. Yeah, like, he's just perpetually following her around with a camera at this point. She's being vlogged without knowing that she is a (laughs) vlogger now, basically. Yeah, 
I'll talk about that later, but like all the camera stuff in the movies is so interesting because it's not necessarily how I pictured it reading the books, but Mm -hmm. I feel like it immerses you in like a different way. You understand what they mean by like the cameras and the cameras are everywhere. Um, Yeah, yeah. Also, J-Law is wearing gray contacts in these movies. I feel like I didn't really notice notice that. that. Like, I mean, I did. But, like, they're, like, full, full gray, especially the very beginning. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's contacts happening here. That's funny, because I was thinking toward the end of the movie when it's um, Katniss and Gail. Spoilers, I guess. I don't know. So Katniss and Gail are sitting there. And I was thinking about how blue Liam's eyes are, but they're supposed to be gray. And that took me over a second. <laughs> I was like, they look gray here, but they're blue here. I don't know what's happening. Is it the color grading? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but, like, in the woods especially, her eyes look very, very gray and, like, bright gray almost. Like, almost a blue, but they're not blue. They're, like, bright gray. I also said, I feel like, even though Gail is very attractive, I feel like he's more of a jerk in the movie. Like, I... Oh, 100%. I don't know why they wouldn't have played to his, like, sweet side like they do in the books as they're really trying to go for Team Pitika, Team Gail, unless they were really trying to go for, like, the bad boy Gail... Yeah, it was like I wrote down Gail is a petulant asshole, but I'm still here rooting for him because I'm trash. (laughs) (laughs) I could not help it. When they kissed, I was like, oh, yes. Oh, my God. My faves. I remember why I shipped you. (laughs) At the same time, then PETA came on screen and I was like, okay, PETA. I love PETA. Um, I also said, hello, new Buttercup. The one that like the one thing that fans were outraged about was Buttercup not being a tabby. And so then they brought in the tabby for this movie. Oh, my God. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember you mentioning it in the previous uh, episode. I probably wouldn't have noticed, to be honest. I was not keeping track of the cat. I just remember, like, everyone being so mad about it and like people literally petitioning for it. So that's why I remember it. The things we could be mad about in 2012. (laughs) Truly. And then also, I'm sure we'll mention this throughout this whole episode, but it's so interesting mm. to see how many word for word scenes come from the book. Yes. Like, the dialogue. It, it starts really with the Haymitch thing. Um, mm-hmm. Like, Gail's line of, like, I had to do this, that at least once is a line from the book, but I don't feel like that scene yeah. didn't feel like direct, but the one with Haymitch and Peta and Katniss, where he's like, Burr, you guys are chilly, you need to, like, loosen up. That was exact, and I was like, oh my gosh. It was and I feel exact. Like, I feel like when I saw this movie, that was the first scene that I was like, oh, this is how it's gonna be. That's... Oh, we didn't even talk about, like, our history with these movies. Or, like, when oh. we saw it and all of that. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do when I saw this? I don't think I had, like, any particularly strong thoughts about Cash Because I had only read the books once. So when the other films came out, I was going off of, like, what I remembered from the books, which mm-hmm. wasn't as much. Because, like, Mockingjay, my brain is blank. Like, I do yeah. not remember much from those films other than, like, the major deaths. And I don't remember much from the book either. I'm trying to think, Catching Fire, what happened? I saw it in theaters for sure. Yeah, no memories of this other than seeing it in theaters. And we had talked about this, but like, again, I have more Instagram photos from Catching Fire, (laughs) but also Catching Fire is very memorable to me because the day Catching Fire came out, I got my camera in the mail and then I like started trying to booktube and then I full on started booktubing the January after that November that it came out. So like I have a picture of myself with my camera in line and I took pictures of my friends in the theater and that was like my first photos I took with my DSLR camera. 
And so I was like, (laughs) memories, because that's like when I got my camera right around then. But I was also all in. I'm pretty sure I like wore the Hunger Games nail polish again. (laughs) I was okay. Yeah. Now that you said that, I feel like I dressed up. Yeah. I feel like I definitely dressed up. I didn't dress up fully because this would have been 2013. So at this point, I was working full time because I had graduated college and I started working in June, and this was November of 2013. So I would have been working, so I came, I, like, went home, got my camera, and then went straight to the theater. And I also remember, like, we all sat on the floor waiting for the movie to start, and one of my friends had bought a child ticket online because she was like, they don't check, it's cheaper. (laughs) I distinctly remember that. Sorry, I just had to mention that because I was like, I gotta talk about my camera, my memories. (laughs) I feel like I was, yeah, that was my second year of university and that's probably why I don't really remember it I feel like I remember the concerts more I went to that year than any of the films I saw but I probably saw it for free because one of my friends worked for the cinema and she got comp tickets so I probably definitely did not pay for this movie and that's probably why I don't remember it (laughs) (laughs) that's fair okay back into the movie so Katniss goes into her house and I loved her mom's like did you have a good walk (laughs) and Prim's like there are people here (laughs) I feel like the only thing I noticed in that scene was, um, I wrote specifically, uh, Snow's guards have fashion, though those, like, those leather trench coats sign me up for this uniform. So basically, <laughs> I wanted to be a guard for Snow just because they, like, stunted with that leather trench coat. It was so good. I noticed them again when they were at Snow's house. I noticed them standing guard, and I was like, yep, those coats are back. I'm still feeling it. <laughs> One of those guards kind of looked like Neil Patrick Harris to me, and that was the only thing I noticed. Oh my god, stop. I cannot. <laughs> also, like, we have the snow convo, which is slightly different because they have the technology aspect. But I feel mm-hmm. like I really enjoyed, again, not the correct choice of words, but it was good that they let us see Seneca's almost death, like him being in the room with the berries, because I feel like yeah. it gave that conversation a lot more weight. Because the stakes you as a watcher as a viewer you know the stakes and also donald sutherland's voice Ugh. is literally perfect it's so deep and like he's he amazing raise it a lot and it's just menacing enough like you're scared of him and like you're paying attention like the whole scene is these two people having a conversation but it still feels like there's weight and there's consequence to everything they're saying which yes. i thought was really interesting donald sutherland is incredible like he is a perfect president snow he did mm-hmm. such an amazing job. I remember, like, when they first described him, because this was the first time we read him in the book, he was described as, like, being small and all this stuff. So when I saw the actor, I was confused. But then, like, he his performance is just so amazing that you just overlook any of, like, the inconsistencies in his appearance. Yeah. Like, he really plays it well. He seems like a grandfatherly type until he opens his mm-hmm. mouth, and then you're like, oh, okay. And I feel like that's how they And then we still see his grandfather. Yeah, we still see his grandfather type too. Yes. Because he has a granddaughter in this movie. That was such a good addition. It was so good. Genius. Oh no, this is what I said. I said Katniss is really like going after Snow and giving him sass when he's threatening her life. She has no sense of self-preservation. The Not only at all. time she like thinks is when it's gonna affect other people. Also the him showing Gail and Katniss on the hollow, much better than the whisper. 10 out of 10 change. (laughs) The Whisper was very menacing for, like, the book, but I feel like it would have been creepy in the movie. Yeah, he just leans over and he's like, I know you kissed. (laughs) I see everything. 
Yeah, and he still does his whole, like, leave the room kind of thing before she does, and he, like, yeah, he commands that scene and does very well with it. My next note is, Cinna, the way he can see her, because he's like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine, like, but he knows, he knows! Mm-hmm. I was, like, already crying for Cinna, never-ending tears. Ugh. Basically, I started crying at this point of the movie, and then it was just on and off for the rest <laughs> of the whole film. I did not stop crying. I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to cry anymore. And then I would start crying at something else. And I'm like, I read the book. Why is this affecting me? (laughs) You're just anticipating the pain. Like, there was a point where they fell and things were falling on them. And I was scared. And I was like, I know what happened. (laughs) I've seen this before. (laughs) What is happening? I kind of was sad that we didn't get the, like, during their reunion, Katniss, like, literally running at PETA. Because I feel mm-hmm. like in the book, you can feel her desperation in that moment of, like, I have to make this believable. But in the yeah. movie, they just are, like, very stiff. Yeah, it was very awkward. Especially Peta. When Peta, Peta's supposed to be, like, charming. And he's just here, like, yeah, we're good. Twelve is good. I think he's just, like, in shock because he hasn't really talked to Katniss in however many months and saved them back. Like, six months, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And then they have to, like, pretend and he's a little rusty. Yeah, like, I feel like, yeah, they haven't seen each other. And then he just doesn't know what to say to the capital. He hasn't prepared, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I also said in this, uh, I think this is a line that he says on the train after they're done. And it says, OMG, PETA, I almost thought that kiss was real, Malark. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The fact that they call Katniss the girl on fire. And then they introduce PETA as the baker's boy it's <laughs> dealt so dirty this entire franchise truly <laughs> so much better they disrespect him all the time and also he this was the point where like josh Hutcherson like glowed up for me because him yes. in that hollow with that cut jaw i was like i i could see you like up at, up there with liam right now that's chill okay <laughs> <laughs> i get like, it now <laughs> this plus your character i can be in on it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm on the team now i'm on the team now and then we have all the train stuff and we get to your favorite scene, the colors oh, scene, which I love it being love in it. that room in the train that I want to mm-hmm. live in forever. <laughs> it is really pretty. Like they really set up that shot really well. And the addition of Katniss being like after he asked what her favorite color was and she goes, oh, now you stepped over the line. I actually laughed out loud because I forgot she said that. It was so cute. Their banter is really good in the movie. Yeah, it feels natural. Yes. And then it also leads into, like, when they see the Mockingjay in the tunnel and you have all those, like, glimpses of rebellion starting Mm -hmm. to happen as they visit the districts that are so well-placed and well-done. Obviously, it's later, but the odds are never in our favor scene is, like, iconic. Yes, it's so good. Like, adding that graffiti so that we, as, like, the viewers know that the rebellion is taking place in the multiple districts was just... Just kiss. You guys can't see me doing it, but I'm doing it. <laughs> just a slight note. I just love the idea of Effie writing their speeches and them having mm-hmm. to do that instead of in the books they have to write their own stuff. But it makes a lot more sense for Effie to have written it and it be more controlled that way. Even like for the story, yeah. it really makes a lot more sense. But like, I wonder how much she Effie knew about any of the situation. Oh no, she didn't. Like know she anything. seems very yeah. Like it's just kind of strange. Like she was writing the speeches, but. Because she's the most capital person there is. True. More tears because of the theme that they play when she's talking about Rue. 
literally lost my goddamn mind. I actually started <laughs> sobbing when everybody put their hands up in the salute. I was like, oh my god. Like, I hadn't read it before. It's fine. They just hit me with all the feels. That whole scene was so much. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember what it says in the books, but I just, I either, like, didn't really even when I saw it the first time, reconcile that there were ginormous screens with their faces behind their families or if that's something they added for the movie because oh, that they was added like that for sure. so yeah. much. That was so extra to like have their faces staring at you over their families. Mm-hmm. And like it just felt a lot more violent this time because like the way Katniss reacts, like she's actually there when they shoot. Yes, the man, I love that Instead change. of it being more hidden. Yeah, that change was really good. Like, the way she actually started fighting, she's like, what the fuck? And, like, you feel more and more that she's not afraid of the, like, the idea of a rebellion as she is in the books. Like, in the movie, at this point, she's there for it. She's like, I have to try and survive because it's going to affect my family and it's going to affect Peta and it's going to affect Gail. But you can sort of tell if it was just up to her and she had nobody, like Joanna, she would be doing the exact same thing. She'd be cursing and, like, getting on bad in the capital. Um, two things from that was, one, they did Katniss's call, not Rue's call, which is something they said in the book, and that was, like, a tiny detail. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> like, there's no way they would do Rue's call. They're gonna do Katniss's call, because it's the one that's yeah, iconic, iconic for the series. Yeah, yeah, And I also feel like them doing the three-finger salute felt very spontaneous, whereas in the book, she talks about how it seemed practiced, and how they all mm-hmm. did it together, and I was like... I like these changes and also like they see so much because she fights like you literally see the gun go off in his head like yeah and like some blood through the door like it's closing they went as far as they could for PG-13 yeah (laughs) they went like to the maximum of a PG-13 like blood in the scene we still got the attic scene with Hamish and Peta and I like that change that we had um Hamish having the conversation with Katniss about Snow with Peta instead of having it before Mm -hmm. and trying to plan like it just streamlines a lot of things and I just love Peta standing up for himself always basically this combo is so good Hamish is bringing the reality Katniss is just like desperate and Peta's standing up for himself and it's like them at their like maximum emotion and I love it (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like Katniss, yeah, she's a lot more vulnerable in the film than she was in the book itself. Yeah. Like with her crying and her being like, no, you have to get me through this, Hamish. Like that felt very desperate in a way that she didn't allow herself to show in the book. Like she was still pretending everything was fine in the book at this point. And the way that Hamish and Katniss are affectionate in the movies really sends me. I love this relationship where it's sort of like father daughtery, but like they're equals at the same time. It's just beautiful. They have such a good rapport, like, all of mm-hmm. all three of them in the movies. Like, I feel like it comes out even more when you can see it and hear it and, like, experience it. And it works so well. Mm-hmm. Also, the district montage in this is so incredible. Like, so mm-hmm. much better than, like, talking about it in the books because you have the yeah. music, you have seeing the unrest of the people, you have them with their speeches and showing like their really stiff kisses and how people are like angry yeah how did they think they were being convincing they were not convincing at all like and i think (laughs) you get that like because if they were being convincing like when you're in katniss's head in the book obviously she thinks Mm -hmm. they're being convincing she thinks anything because like she's unreliable in that way she doesn't understand what being Mm -hmm. convincing is but i feel like you get a picture for what it probably actually was in the movie 
And then I also yeah. forgot about that girl who's like, I'm going to volunteer just like you. And I was like, oh, oh no. Oh, that was so heartbreaking. And it was also like, it, I feel like that was to show how the kids are being influenced by everything they're seeing. Yeah. Because then we go to Snow's house and he's with his granddaughter. And he's like, oh, your hair looks nice. And she's like, everybody's wearing it like this. And it's very much like the Katniss braid that she wore in the Hunger Games. And it yes. felt more like... It was their nod to everybody having the Mockingjay symbol on their clothing. Yes. To sort of show, like, she's really popular. Yeah, I think that was a better choice because it was, like, Mm -hmm. seeing the kids and then also the fact that it's, like, Snow's granddaughter being like, this is how everybody wears their hair. It's so, like, he's understanding how it's permeating the culture. I've said permeate twice in this (laughs) podcast and I don't know where this is coming from. (laughs) And he's sort of seeing, like, her popularity like that the fact that they're like sort of pushing her up on a pedestal in the same way that they do all the other victors and he realizes how dangerous it is for them to sort of put her up on that pedestal also which district did they show at the end that was like full-on rebelling because i feel like uh, in the books the career districts don't really rebel that much so i'm like i'm wondering Mm. if they like did it out of order and maybe the last district they showed was supposed to be eight Eight. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking is it's supposed to be eight. Because that's the only one that makes sense that they would go on to a full-on revolt after. Yeah. Like, so soon after. Because she sees it um, in the train. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I feel like it was out of order in that scene, but we're supposed to infer that that was the district that went and had a revolution. And I really like also how they did the whole, like, proposal thing and, like, Katniss proposed posing yeah. that they propose and then Pete is like okay mm-hmm. it's fine and like he just goes away and, and he walks sad. off that was one of the ones where I, I like put the scene from the book in that because I love the scene from the book where him it's just like he needs like a minute for himself he wanted it to be real I inserted that in my brain like that's where yes. that goes okay cool <laughs> there's just so many iconic scenes and like stills that I think of all the time about the movies from this movie like when they're walking into President Snow's manor with mm-hmm. Effie's super extra like collared dress and I love how Effie's like smiles like that means you Katniss like you're not yeah. a smiler and then she like calls Peter out on his sass yeah and then also her eyelashes reminded me remember the branded eyelashes for the yes. Hunger Games that came out for yes. the movies like that as soon as I saw her eyelashes I was like oh yeah remember the ones that had like butterflies and different stuff on them it was so bad um and the they added the mahogany line in this movie because they realized how popular it had been from the last one so meta I know it was like that was (laughs) one of the few moments where you're like oh this is a little bit of fan service I see you like director I see what you're doing yes I love Peter not giving a fuck, which is when they're walking in. He's just like, whatever. I don't care. I feel like Peter's charming, but, like, you see a lot more of his, like, okay. Like, I'm a little bit done here side in the Mm -hmm. movies. I feel like the book version of the scene with the um, vial of throw-up make-inducing potion, I feel like that hit more in the book for me than it did in the film. Yeah. Because it was such a throwaway. Because it's really like a fast moment. Yeah, but in the book it really draws And also the juice looks really pretty instead of just being like clear. (laughs) It looks just like a drink. Yeah, they made it purple or something. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have Plutarch who comes in to have his dance with Katniss. And I really enjoyed that exchange more than the book. So it was like twists because it felt more subtle. Like you knew something was up, but if you hadn't read the books, you wouldn't have known quite exactly what was going on. 
And I feel like if you saw the movie without knowing anything about the books, you potentially wouldn't catch that until the second watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, his weirdness about everything. Because he very much is, like, he's positioned as being part of, like, Snow's group because of all the meanings that they have and the way he talks about Katniss. Yeah. But there's little moments where he'll say something like, oh, that's my girl, like, when he's watching her, and you sort of like, huh, something could be going on there. I don't know. Yeah. I love the his, like, little drop line of, I want a chance to make the games mean something. Mean something. Because mm-hmm. you know what that actually means, but she's like, the games don't mean anything. Like, what are you talking about? But we know that he's, like, planning to break everybody out. And it could also mean, like, multiple things. Like, he could just be, like, I want to make a name for myself and make these next games mean something. Like, make them make his name stand out from all the other head game makers. It could be in a nefarious way or it could be in a good way. We just happen to know, like, he means he's going to do something that'll help the rebels. Also, I clocked for some reason watching this scene that the book is, and the film, obviously, are called Catching Fire because it's the start of the rebellions. Yes. She's the girl on fire and the... <laughs> catching fire i was like oh my god how have i never noticed this yeah i feel like that really hit hard for me i'm gonna talk about it later i'm just i'm just gonna put a pin in that because till like the very end of the movie Um, okay yeah oh yeah 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 the scene where yeah i know exactly what you're talking about yeah i just really liked um president snow's like head shake and how like Mm -hmm. far katniss was from it and like that moment just was so so well done yeah. And I like how they pulled in the, like, blood thing about Snow that really hits hard. In Mocking Jay. they started pulling it in into Catching Fire with him drinking that thing. Like, they started that train. And that's something I feel like these movies did so well. Mm-hmm. Looking at Star Wars, but they weren't, like, going based off of anything. But even, like, Twilight and other major things I feel like they didn't do those subtle things as well as the Hunger Games trilogy did is they just assumed that they were going to be making the rest of the movies and that they were going to be popular so they pulled in stuff from later books and started dropping those Mm -hmm. hints in the earlier movies and it was so good yeah like with the Hunger Games we get a huge scene that's about the tracker yeah we get to see her getting the tracker for the first time and then you remember it later on in this movie like you see it again and that really reinforces what's going to happen later on when joanna's cutting it out yeah like that was it's just really smart choices that they definitely made like they knew in advance that Mm -hmm. they were going to be doing this for sure i think we already really mentioned this but all the behind the scenes snow conversations in this movie again they brought that in in the first movie they brought that in in this movie and like the plutarch conversations they were so well done they provide so much context to what's happening Mm -hmm. without info dumping and it's so good And it really builds up Snow as a villain. Like, he's not just, like, a faceless, nameless villain. You see him making counter moves to what Katniss is doing. So it really feels like there is a struggle between the two of them. Mm -hmm. So then we get back to District 12 and have the Peacekeeper crack down, which is Plutarch's idea. He was so extra. And you see it being Plutarch's (laughs) idea. And, Mm -hmm. like, it's hard because, like, you know his heart is in the right place, but, like, also he has to play the villain. He has to be the bad guy and give those good ideas. Yeah. So that he can later do the good things, which is hard. But I kind of like that it's more invasive in the movie. Like, in the mm-hmm. book, it's very subtle. Like, it's a subtle change. And then Gail accidentally tries to sell him a turkey and then gets whipped. And gets but in caught. this, yeah. he's like... I'm going to go after him and they like see the peacekeepers coming in and are like, oh crap, we got to go. 
Yeah, Gail really just risked it all. He was like, nah, now's the time I'm late. All down. <laughs> like, I mean, he just life. found out that they were having rebellions. Yeah, he's dumb, is what he is. <laughs> he is. He is like, a little. I also realized as I was watching the movie that I never pictured anybody else for the head peacekeeper except this guy from the movie this has always been the guy i pictured and i was like when i was reading i was like this is who i pictured like some of how some of the characters are just not like separated from the book characters anymore for me this one was especially i was like oh yes that's so interesting because i like i remembered him from the movie but when i was reading the book i totally didn't picture him just because he's so extra in the movie he's like shouting in everybody's faces (laughs) he he shoots the gun when he has no reason to he puts a bag over the other had peacekeeper's head like you didn't have to do that just lead him away he's so dramatic he has a flair for the dramatic and it was really dramatic yeah we also have like katniss going like further and further than she does in the book in this scene and like going Mm -hmm. after him and further confirming her like willingness to be this the symbol more than she is in yeah the martyr yeah in the books but i also like another i think this happened i said this about the first movie they didn't have like the haymitch falling over drunk the same thing with this scene this like haymitch kind of was a charmer and it was a little bit Mm -hmm. not like funny but he was trying to like make jokes and they didn't do that in the movie and i feel like that's a great choice like he joked with him a little bit but it was more a serious conversation with what's his face but it was kind of confusing to me because i was like yeah you're the new head peacekeeper under this new regime but what makes you think there wouldn't be consequences if you killed Katniss like you're out here posturing and like pulling all this like weight but if you actually killed her in this moment you would probably have to die too he's just a low down person he doesn't know anything Ugh. he's 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 a boomer he doesn't pay attention to the he's games a boomer. he's okay, only boomer. i'm never gonna watch these the same <laughs> way again i can't he only watches fox news he never watches oh the games God. dead that is iconic so then like obviously we get to Kenneth's house with gail um one part that just like did me in was Hamish smelling the rubbing alcohol that they pour on his back and, and then pouring drinking it I can't. <laughs> oh my god. And that was like a callback to the book too because in the book when they're um doing like they have the hob on shut down and he can't get any alcohol. He's like, "Okay, let me go to the apothecary and see how much rubbing alcohol they'll sell me." And Katniss is like, "You're going to kill yourself." And as soon as he did that, I, I thought back to that scene in the oh, book. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's good. But yeah, yeah, like the hob burning and everything. I feel like that just made it feel more real for the movie instead of being like just a very small change in the books that like they start Mm -hmm. cracking down and then it starts getting worse it just starts real bad and it like is a precursor to what happens to district 12 at the end too like it's sort of this symbolism for where they actually end up you're correct (laughs) for anybody (laughs) listening who did not was that an inhaler oh no that was my water bottle (laughs) okay because it looked like you were like so heated into the conversation that you had to take your inhaler (laughs) you know I feel like this jumps a lot more at the beginning. We talked about this over text a little bit, that they spend Mm -hmm. a lot more time in the games than they do in the book. Like, the book is maybe, like, eight chapters of games, and this is, like, an hour of a a two-and-a-half hour movie. Yeah, Um, it was a lot. But I really actually liked that whenever they make that announcement of the quarter quell, she goes to the woods instead of going to the basement of some random house. Like, it makes sense that she goes to her safe place. I also really like, like, the announcement we see before it, um, Snow and Plutarch talking again, 
and Snow's discussing how, like, he needs to eradicate their kind because they think that they're invincible. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of insinuated that that is the reason he chooses this particular, like, punishment for the quarter quell. Because in the books, we never understand, like, we understand that it's because of Katniss, but we don't understand exactly why. Yeah. But this is, like, a very, di- like, direct... And you think, like, maybe they changed it, but there's no way to know. Um, I actually watched mm-hmm. the deleted scenes. Um, after I watched the movie, and oh there is God. a deleted scene of Plutarch going in and changing the card and oh, burning the other card. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I wonder that's if, like, that's also, like, another thing is, like, was that Plutarch's idea? Was he the one yeah. who just did it after we, he had that conversation with Snow? Was it Snow's direction, mm-hmm. or did Plutarch do it specifically because he knew he needed to, like, do something to get her out, and he couldn't do it any other way? I wonder if they deleted that scene because they felt like it would make Plutarch irredeemable in some way. Mm. That he made all these people suffer just to get what he needed. I mean, but he did. I mean, he did, but, like, it's sort of, you don't know if it was him or Snow that made that decision. Yeah, true. So, like, if it comes from Snow that he ended up, it would sort of feel like, oh, Plutarch used the opportunity to get Katniss out. More than, like, oh, he made, like, 23 other people or how many other people die. Obviously not 23 this time, but I wonder what they, like, what the choice was behind that. But yeah, it was a really interesting deleted scene. There's also a scene that I'm like, why did you even have it in there in the first place of Katniss? As soon as she gets off the victory train, she goes to Prim and her mom and is like, pack everything, we're leaving. Because that's when she, after they get back is when she has those conversations with Gail and with Peta because she sees all the uprising stuff. Or really, she doesn't have it with Peta at all, does she? She just has it with Gail in the movie. In the movie, it's just with Gil. She doesn't yeah. approach Peta Because by that time, the peacekeepers have come, so she hasn't had the time mm-hmm. to... No, the peacekeepers come at the very end of their conversation. They watch yeah. the little thing come in, and they're like... And he's like... Bah, bah, bah. Um. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. <laughs> uh, one thing I noticed was... Where is Peta's family? Where is Gail's family? Why does nobody besides Katniss in <laughs> District 12 have a family? I mean, I understand why, but at the same time, it's sort of like, true. It's just like, oh, I guess they're orphans in this universe, (laughs) in this cinematic universe. I really liked that we got a lot more of the reaping. Like, we got Peta volunteering for Hamish and and Hamish trying to stop him. And Effie's, And Effie's relief. Effie's relief when she saw Hamish's name and she sighed before she said it, like, oh, thank God. And then he volunteered and I was like, no, no. And then... We also, I liked the juxtaposition of you have Prim yelling after Katniss because she can't, they can't say bye. They, like, just take them to yeah. the train. And it's reminiscent of the first movie and Katniss yelling for Prim. Yeah, that was so sad. Oh, my God. <sighs> I think that's the point when I wrote down, God damn, this whole series is depressing. <laughs> <laughs> it truly is. It's all about war and how war is terrible and how totalitarian governments are the worst. The end. And you could just, like, sense, like, the same thing with the first film. Like, the dread on everybody's, like, faces and the silence that they are really, like, resenting. And that's mm-hmm. when we get the more practice salute from everybody. Like, they obviously all knew what was going to happen mm-hmm. because they only have three victors. Yeah. So they came being like, I, y'all are, like, burning down our hob. We're going to show, like, this little bit of rebellion that we can. Also, side note, the Avoxes in this are very creepy. Like, they have those things over the, their the faces. Things. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I noticed that and I was like, okay, so they have cages now. Okay, cool. Choices. 
I'm kind of skipping forward, but I I'll, I said I love Hamish's PowerPoint. Like, when he's going through all the victories, it's like, here's this PowerPoint I put together of everybody's strengths and weaknesses. Here you go. <laughs> like, imagine him just, like, in his room, sipping some rubbing alcohol with, like, an iPad thing, just <laughs> setting up this presentation. Yes. Uh, that Finnick and Katniss scene before they go in is, like, word for Iconic. word. Iconic. It's a word I- for word from the Iconic. book. I love it. When it's like, um, this is the exact thing I wrote in my uh, phone when I was watching this. Finnick, love of my life, son of my sky. I was surprised to find out he was British after the movie, but now his accent sounds kind of weird. And <laughs> it, it does. Did. It sounded weird the whole movie to me. <laughs> he did a decent job. He's not as bad as, he did. say, um, Emma Watson. <laughs> yeah, valid. Very valid. There's just so much, like... Cinna makes me cry every time he's on screen and is talking yep. about their costumes. Their costumes that are not really embers, but just them on fire straight up again. I um, know. Also, the drums. For some reason, the drums really got to me. I was like, these are so extra. <laughs> I they, they went all out this time. They had it during the day instead of at night, which was a choice. I don't know why. Oh, this is why I said that. I was like, why did I say a great job virtual effects team? Because like you have that shot of over the city and you see like the entire like it's all virtual. Everything's virtual. Yeah. I was like, great job, guys. <laughs> My favorite part after this is the elevator. Joanna! Upstairs and Joanna comes in and just starts stripping like she does in the book. But it's so much more comical because of the memeable faces that uh, J-Law makes in the background <laughs> while everything is happening. It She's was, so uncomfortable. I rem- that's the one part I remember from watching the movie was that scene and like how that face was everywhere after on the internet. Yes. And I love like her like, will you insert me to PETA? Oh my god, yeah. She's just like, what are you looking at? <laughs> I love a little jealous Katniss. Wholesome content. Yes. And I like um, how they played a lot of the stuff that happens when they're training, like how Katniss mm-hmm. goes to help Beatty and is like, you need to do this to make fire because he's like explaining yeah. the logistics of it, but he doesn't totally understand. And I feel like they explain the flaw or like the force field thing like a lot better than in the book. I feel like in the book it's yeah. very like roundabout. It's like da 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 and it's a chink in the armor or whatever, but you actually see it and he's like it's the flaw. It's where you can actually see the force field and they kind of maybe just having the visual makes it better. I don't know. Mm, and they also explain the electricity thing how like the electricity makes things weaker. Yes. Which comes oh, that's what it was. On. Yeah. That's what it was. Um, they they dropped that mags. hint that doesn't happen yeah. in the books at all. No, we don't know. We don't understand. I, I was so confused reading the end of that book, being like, "But how does any of this work?" What? <laughs> but in the movie, it makes so much more sense. Yeah. And then we get Mags. Yes, Wholesome. Mags Wholesome. makes me love her. I'm attached. <laughs> I love Mags so much. We only get her for like maybe thirty minutes of this movie, but I love her to yeah. death. Every second of it. But I was thinking, Mags is one of the few victors who's been lucky enough to live to an old age. Yeah. So, like, I'm sad that she died, but also she was, like, 80-something. How rare is it that a victor survives to actually be an old lady? That was, like, well, I'm glad she had that. At the very least, she met Finnick and Annie and had, like, her own little family. Yeah. For sure. Still would have preferred Mags for the new book, but we're not going to talk about that. It's fine. Whatever. No. (laughs) I really love the scene of Katniss shooting, even though it's not, like... I feel like in the 
books i i almost like it better in the books because she like ends up shooting like she, she just keeps going and going and gets in her zone and she does that in yeah. the movie but it's more like techie but it is really cool looking and then like the mm-hmm. thing opens up and everybody's there yeah that was really interesting like obviously we see her skill again we're reminded like she's probably been doing this in the woods the entire time mm-hmm. and i was watching like the um scene of the like all the victors showing their skills and i'm like all these people have just like been keeping up with the gym doing their do like, for the most part, there's obviously some people like the Morphlings who completely gave up. And I feel mm-hmm. like I would have been like the Morphlings. I would have just been like, I am done. Peace out. Like, I'm not thinking of being a survivor anymore. But it obviously works in the favor of, like, the careers and stuff who are buff, like Brutus. Fucking yeah. beast. Speaking of the Morphlings, this is going to sound very terrible. And I don't really understand why my brain works like this. But every time I read the books, I just picture them as blobs. Like, not even whole people. <laughs> Like, it just, like, I don't even picture faces. I just picture them as just, like, not really even having faces. So then we watch the movie and I'm like, oh, yes, they are humans. They just kind like, of gave also, up. I feel like it's more established that they have a relationship with PETA in the book. So when mm-hmm. the female morphling gives her life, it's sort of like, maybe it's because they were friends. But yeah. in the movie, at that point, you're like, even Katniss says it, it's like, that doesn't make sense. So I feel like there were some parts where they should have, like, um, mm-hmm. like fluffed out a little bit more of the relationship, like, they were able to do with Mags and Beatty and Virus. I love that we got to also see Peta's painting in this. Like, in the books, yes. you just hear about it. Yes. You actually see it in the movie, which makes sense was... for the story. Um, and yeah. then... Because we wouldn't be able to infer. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I love that um, whenever Katniss hung Seneca, she also drew his beard. She took the time to draw I, his beard. No. <laughs> I was thinking that. And she put hair on the head, too. I was like, sis, really <laughs> use those full 10 minutes. Those she full went all. T- and then she put the name just in case they couldn't figure it out. <laughs> and she, she did her bow. She did her whole thing. Moving to the Victor interviews, I really loved those. I loved seeing their defiance actually, like, spelled out. Yeah. And how Joanna goes off. Oh my god, she's one of my favorite characters from this new movie, like, one of the newly introduced characters. Yes. Um, I really like, like, even when they're in the back and, like, they're preparing for their interview and you see, like, you can still hear in the background somebody talking about the Capitol being like, well, they could definitely change this. And I think it was supposed to be, like, the person from Eleven talking. Mm-hmm. But it was nice that they kept, like, that continuity of, like, everybody is going all out tonight. And that Haymitch was, like oh, like, they're gonna try everything in their power to stop the games, while in the book it was sort of, like, him telling her, like, you're insane if you think they're gonna stop the games because of this. Yeah. And then I love Joanna's make-and-pay-for-it line after she sees Katniss in the wedding dress. And also Effie yes. in the scene is really good. Because oh. she's not in it oh in the books. But she gets yeah. so emo about her wedding I'm dress. I'm emotional right now thinking, she's like, you deserve so much better. Uh. I love the Mockingjay dress. It's iconic, as per usual, Mm -hmm. and how Caesar's trying to be like, it's a bird, it's a bird, like, he knows what it is, but he's trying to, like, calm it down, and she's like, it's a Mockingjay. And then we, um, cut back to, like, him standing in the crowd, like, on Apollo, and we see Snow watching, and you're like, oh, you know what's coming, you know something bad is gonna happen to him. And I wrote down, I've been crying on and off for this past half an hour, and I'm tired. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah, that's good good visual cues from the from the team yeah. there. And then you had talked about this in the book episode, but everybody going crazy at PETA's 
announcement and like them yeah. literally yelling like cancel the games and then them all holding mm-hmm. hands like I feel like that's just a lot more chaotic and you feel the tension from the crowd in the movie a lot more and you also like that gives you and probably the victors like a sense of like maybe hope because these people can see how fucked up everything is and you sort of are like well if they won't enjoy watching these games will they still do them i also just really like just a lot of the visual cues that we get in the movie that are just not possible in the book because Katniss is going in blind. She doesn't know anything about any plan. But, like, Hamish's yeah. pause right before, whenever she's like, promise me, like, you're going to save PETA, he, like, has that, like, pause. And you can see him, like, fighting not to tell her about the plan. And he's like, just, yeah. like, promise me you'll remember who the enemy is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we get to the arena, and she's having her little moment with um, Sina, her final moment with Sina. And he gets this look on his face when he's hugging her. And I sort of was like, does he, like, is he anticipating, like, he knows maybe it's going to happen, like, he's not going to see her again, for sure. But mm-hmm. did he know it was going to happen in that moment just because of the face he made? Or was that just him reacting to, like, being, this is the final time I'm going to see this girl? I think it's probably this, the one that you're saying, like, he's just, it's just his him reacting. I don't think he expected it to happen that soon. Yeah. But, but obviously also, Snow was, was like, Sinna in on anything? You. That's another great question. Yeah, I think he, he had to have been. He had to have been to have made the Mockingjay dress. Yeah. Like, he's against the Capitol, but that felt very much like a, I'm going to stoke the rev- like the rebellion even further. Mm-hmm. Like, I like to think of him as part of it, for sure. Yeah. Maybe I'm just, like, canoning it in my head. <laughs> so then we have, like, her swimming. I really like in this that they made PETA fighting instead of just not able to swim and yes. just, like, floundering. Uh, Yes, he can swim, but, like, my boy, like, he struggles this game. He struggles a lot. Like, he's always being injured. He struggles so much, but, like, in the books, he's, like, just floating because he can't swim. And that's it. That's just him. Me. But it's a lot more but when like... But you think about it, it makes sense. Like, Kat <laughs> no, doesn't yeah, know because her dad took her to the lake. <laughs> For sure. Um, and then Finnick's whole, like, good thing we're allies. Like, all, I feel like everything from the cornucopia plays out exactly like the book. Yeah. But it's easier to make it longer visually than, it, than just, like, the writing. Because the writing, I yeah. feel like, can go fast. I felt like... You really see the transformation in this movie of Katniss and Mm -hmm. Lakita, for the most part. I guess he's okay. Uh, (laughs) Like, them being, like, the scared kids that they were in the first film, but now they're part of the bloodbath and they're sort of controlling the bloodbath. Like, they're the people that people are running from that they're killing first. Like, I thought that was the most interesting thing is, like, oh, they're, they're, like, professional killers now. Yeah, it's true. And then I started crying for some reason. In this, I, the next the next thing I wrote down after that note was, I hate this fucking movie. I can't stop crying. But I'm trying to figure <laughs> was out. Was it when Peter ran into the thing? Oh, It's got to be when Peter ran into that. But I was, that I got sense. like kind of annoyed because Katniss was literally like leaning over his body while Finnick was trying to give him like CPR. CPR. And I was like, Katniss, you're in the way. You're in the way. <laughs> I was counting like, because I did CPR training while I was in university because of my job. So I was counting, like, trying to see if he was doing it correctly, like, the, the song in your head, like, ha, 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 staying alive, staying alive. So I was trying to see if he was, like, com- like, obviously it was not realistic at all, but I got distracted trying to do that while he was trying to save Peter's life. And then you get, like, the Finnick look, like, oh, you got- are you guys actually in love? Like, I'm confused. I am confusion. And then we cut to Snow and his daughter. Yeah. 
Oh, I forgot and, about well, that. His, well, his granddaughter. When his granddaughter's like, I want to love somebody that much someday. And he's like, you will. And I'm like, ah, well. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> she doesn't, but okay. <laughs> a little, like, nugget they put in was when the lightning tree thing happens. Um, mm-hmm. Phoenix is like, oh, like, at midnight, he, like, mentions that. And I'm like, okay, but how much did yeah. he, like... I feel like in the movie they play it like they knew a lot about the arena or at least like Mm -hmm. enough going in. But Katniss had to figure it out. But I'm like, how much did she actually have to figure out? How much did they actually know? I was very confused. But Finnick had it right. Yeah, You'd think they would give them some hints of stuff because. Yeah. Like maybe not the exact like, oh, this is what this hour is going to be. But that it's a clock. Like I feel and that the way out is the tree. I feel like those are like the two things they would give them or else like they could probably fucking die like for real watching the fog scene happen was like perfect mm-hmm. from the book perfect like how katniss describes the fog like tendrils and like everything it was like oh it's so well done yeah and i feel like that's the moment where i was starting to be like Peter, how do you survive the first hunger games oh yeah because of katniss <laughs> Maz just kept getting injured. It was like the fog, and then it was the baboons biting him. He, he really like, tried his best, though. He struggled. He struggled this time around. Well, also, I'm sorry. he's like not really trying to survive. He's trying to save Katniss, so it's he's true. not really trying to like keep himself alive in any way. True. And I also like while I was watching the fog, you do a lot of like pan outs, and I was like, I had kind of forgotten how big the slices are of like the different mm-hmm. things of the clock until you go out and you're like. It's ginormous. And I wrote the most relatable moment, Katniss falling asleep without meaning to. Yes, truly. When she just, like, wakes up from it, I was like, yeah, that would be me, probably. Uh, and also, then we ha- we get to Mags, just sacrificing herself. And that was, the like, a bath. lot more sudden, I feel like, than the book. Because in the book, in the Katniss book, yeah. tries to carry her, and then she can't. Yeah. But in this, like, she just, they, like, it all happens and Mags is just like, oh, it's not going to work. I just have to die. Yeah. So she just, like, walks right into the fog like a bad And Finnick's face. Oh, my God. When he's screaming after Mags being like, Mags. I was like, okay, sir. No, you cannot do this. And then the cannon happens. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was really sad. And then we have the monkeys where I forgot about the jump scare and I screamed. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, yeah, Peta gets bitten, gets saved. Katniss almost drowns. So much happens within the span of, yeah. like, 15 minutes. Truly. I I kind of got scared by the morphling, too, because I forgot she was, like, back there hiding. Yeah. And then her eyes and then open. I saw her I was eyes. like, is this a horror movie? <laughs> is this what's happening? Yes. Um, and you're right, like, they didn't really establish the feeling the mutual mm-hmm. admiration, whatever, between mor- the Morphlings and Peta, But that scene still made me so emotional because of how, like, oh, desperate yeah. his voice was when he was telling her about the sunset. Mm-hmm. And he was like, just look at it. It's so beautiful. Oh, that was really pretty. And then the sweetness after that with Peta giving Katniss the pearl. And oh, he looks yes. just really happy that she liked it. That was so cute. I was here for it. I was <sighs> like, you are useless, but this is cute. I feel like also Peta and Katniss seem a little bit more aware as the movie goes on, like something's up and they like, in the book, you kind of get the sense that they're like, something's up, but Katniss really brushes it aside, but they're very actively mm-hmm. aware, like something is up, something's happening here. Yeah. And then Joanna appears with um, Beatty and Virus, covered completely bolts. in red. Love that. <laughs> and 
Joanna's just like freaking out and then Wyrus is saying what she says in the book which is um TikTok. What was it? TikTok, TikTok. Yeah. And yeah, and we learn about Joanna's district partner dying even though we never saw him in the movie. Yeah, I said RIP blight, we barely knew ye. <laughs> and yeah, so they start making a plan. They realize that they're the bigger group now so that the other group is probably not going to come for them. But what I was, con- like, I understood Katniss's concerns in that moment being, like, if there's six of us, that's three extra people that I have to worry about stabbing me in the back. Yeah. Because she really doesn't trust them. Which is fair. And then when um Joanna is mean to Wyrus and Katniss, like, steps forward to be like, what the fuck, leave her alone. And Joanna goes off like she's not supposed to being like, I brought them for you. And Katniss is like, for me? Peter for in the me? background. <laughs> Um, <laughs> exactly like that <laughs> I I don't know what this note was but it just says Katniss is really that, which is a very good explanation of Katniss she just is yeah, really she yep. really is and then we have the whole scene of them in the on the cornucopia and I like how yeah. Beattie explains or describes Wyrus as a canary and I like how in the movie instead of like doing oh, yeah. that whole explanation they actually made her the canary where she's singing and yeah. it stops. That was yeah, that was really cool. And it was genius of them, the game makers I'm speaking of. But I'm gonna just call out genius when I see it. The <laughs> fact that they make the cornucopia move. So that if anybody figures it out, they can fuck yes. them up by switching where everything points to. Genius. Whoever thought of that, like, in real life, but also in this universe, deserves a pay raise. I also felt like the island spinning part was a lot more intense in the movie oh than my it was God. in the That's the, the part where I jumped, even though off. I knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the part where I jumped, when, like, everything was falling off and it almost hit Peta. I yes. was, like, holding my hands in fists, and I'm like, I know what happens, but I'm still really nervous right now. And then we have the Jabber Jays, which I feel like is a lot more intense in mm-hmm. the movie. Like, it just feels like because you have like the compounding of hearing everybody screams all at once when they're running back to the beach. But also the mm-hmm. fact that it changes from like in the books, Finnick and Katniss go into to get like water from trees in the forest. And yeah. that's how they end up. But in the movie, they hear them from the beach and then run after them. Mm hmm. And that's the first, after that ends, that's the first time we get the real or not real moment. Mm. Sort of where he's like, it's not real. It's not real. And I'm like, oh my god, no, it's beginning. <laughs> real or not real. Um. <laughs> For anybody who hasn't read the third book or watched those films is going to be very confused by us crying. <laughs> it's just, yeah, like, I'm not over the Jabber scene because it's so intense. Like, I feel like it affected yeah. me in the book, but it affects you so much more in the movie because you just can hear everything instead of feeling like it's one at a time you get all of it at once and it's just so much and then you realize it's it's been an hour and you see Katniss like shivering on the ground because trying to cover her ears even though she can still hear everything yeah and I just like I can't even imagine like hearing everyone I love scream in pain Mm-hmm. and then we have the locket scene with baby Peta. Uh, I think I said that's when I sent you the little video on instagram right of yes. like this is so rude <laughs> so for anybody listening i sent maureen a clip of me watching but like just the screen when Peta and her are like exchanging like the locket and he's showing like that he has gail and her mom and her sister in it and i just wrote this is so rude because i was crying that's why the sound was off 
And then so they kiss, rude. and I'm like, ah. <laughs> it was the cutest thing. And then, like, the sunset as well, and his favorite color uh-huh. is the color orange of the sunset. Like, it was too much. <laughs> I'm getting emotional thinking of it. I feel like I kind of like that scene in the book a little bit more, because, mm. like, you've sense Katniss's resolve in her brain and then you get the Pia looking at her being like it didn't work did it because that's his whole point is Mm -hmm. he's trying to convince her to like keep herself alive and he realizes it didn't work but in the movie it's just like a moment yeah and then all of the rest of the end I feel like is just so much it happens all so fast they go to the tree they make their plan um, and I feel like I, what I, one of the things I said is that Joanna seems a lot more suspect in the movie. In the book, I feel like you can kind of sense that there's something more going on, but in the movie, it feels like she's the enemy. And yeah, it's you like, want to think she's betraying them. Like, yes. you think she's gonna kill her because she sees the career is coming. And then all of the rest of the movie, I feel like, played out a lot better than the book. Because one of the mm-hmm. issues we had with the book where I, I said, like, it's very convenient that Katniss just knows to shoot the arrow shoot at the, the chicken arrow, armor. Yeah. But, like, in the movie, she witnesses Beatty get electrocuted because he's trying to do that. So she yeah. sees what he's trying to do. So she doesn't, like, assume, like, this is what he was doing. She, like, sees yeah, it. And then confused. you also have Finnick say remember who the real enemy is instead of Katniss yes. just like remembering Hamish said that to her <laughs> yeah they played all of that much better off yes. especially because you also see snow I love the tension in that moment of yes. like still watching them and Katniss turns and faces the camera and aims the arrows as she's pointing at snow and I was just like screaming in my room like this is the most iconic moment ever it's so iconic. and then he turns around calling for um Hamish not for Hamish for heat for Plutarch and then and he's not there. I was like, Plutarch's gone, sis. Like <laughs> He left. Because he knew it was going to be really compelling and that was going to be his moment to slip out because he didn't realize Snow yeah. was going to be there. But it's just so many great choices. And then, like, we've talked about the iconic crane scene, like, coming to pick her up. Yes. And I feel like that moment, like, shook me when I saw it the first time because I was like, oh, like, nothing is real in this arena. The ceiling is all screens like everything's a screen everything's in a dome it's not just a force field it's like a whole contained arena yeah that was really interesting like it just shows how like artificial everything is also though how did the crane go perfectly under her back how did that work with no dirt why not i'm very we don't question these things we do not question these things (laughs) but yeah that's just a very iconic like there's a lot of iconic moments in this movie that i can picture when i'm reading the book or when i think about a certain part of a book i picture scenes from this movie Mm -hmm, for sure and then we get to the scene on the hovercraft she wakes up she's confused about where she is what's going on she grabs a um, syringe. She grabs a syringe because Sis is smart and she realizes, like, the people who have had her are probably not nice. And then she hears, you can hear Hamish and Plutarch talking. Yes. And you don't realize until a minute later when she's, like, trying to figure out what's going on that Finnick is also in the room and he's dressed in this robe, but he still looks fine because yeah. it's Finnick. Um, and they sort of explain Plutarch is sidestepping Katniss, questioning, like, where's PETA? What's going on? Where's PETA? Where's PETA? And Plutarch's like, we are always going to get you out. And he's being very, like, purposefully avoiding it. And so Hamish is like, yeah, we, we don't we don't have PETA. And Katniss backhands Hamish 
the hardest slap I've ever heard in a movie. She goes after him because she's like, you promised you were going to get him out. It was such an intense scene. Yeah, you can just sense how betrayed she feels. Like, that was Mm -hmm. her one thing and they didn't do that and they were never going to do that. Yeah. Well, they were going to try to get Pete out, but he wasn't their priority. Yeah. And so she is, she suffers from the own syringe that she brought in. They put her back to sleep with it. And she wakes up again, and Gail is by her side, my sweet baby. He has the slightest of burns on his face because they could not mar those perfect features, obviously. (laughs) And (laughs) he's like, yo, there's no District 12 when she's asking about um, where her mom is and where are they. She She thinks for a minute that they're home, and then she finds out, oh, there is no home. And we get the most iconic scene from this film, which you were talking about, I'm sure, earlier when we were talking about Catching Fire, the name of the movie. Oh, well, first, I want to say, I really like, I feel like both the Catching Fire end of the end scene and the Catching Fire end book line are iconic. Yeah. Because the last line of the book is, there is no District 12, and the last scene of the movie is, you have Gail say that, and then it's on her face, and you see her, like, processing it, and then her resolve mm-hmm. just, like, set in. But yes, to burn get into down. the logo. Yeah. The logo yes, thing that exactly. I forgot about, and how... Oh my god, same. I also forgot that was part of the film when it, like, catches fire. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) The, like, logo change thing and how they change the things from the beginnings of the book and it just goes through the set is so cool. I remember seeing that in the theater and freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that was, like, one of the coolest things. Like, this film definitely stands up. It is still my favorite right now. For sure. I don't know sure. why I enjoyed the film so much more than the book. But, oh, I think I know why. Because, like I said, the book was more about, like, trying to solve the mystery. Mm-hmm. But the film feels so much like it's these characters, we know them really well. And, like you said, we get all of these, like, interactions with the actors who also know each other really well. Yes. And that's what, like, sells me on the book. It's like, I don't care about everything that's happening because I already know. It's, like, seeing those moments with the actors and with, like, the characters that really, like, it just hits me in the right spot. <laughs> Chef kiss. Chef kiss again iconic so great what a movie (laughs) i love it so much i think i was more excited for this movie than i am for the other two (laughs) i was like we reached my peak (laughs) i think we both said that like we haven't really rewatched mockingjay at least part two yeah in a long time and i haven't reread mockingjay the most because i reread hunger games and catching fire a lot so i'm really interested to read it because i don't remember a lot about it same like, I remember very specific scenes. Yeah. yeah. Like, obviously the end. The end is iconic. And I remember yeah. how the end is different in, like, the movies, or at least slightly different to me. It's not, like, completely different. It was just, like, there were slight moments that were different. And I remember being yeah. not upset about it, but being like, okay. But I don't remember a lot of other stuff. I was thinking about it because, like, I love the ending of this movie so much that the next one there was a there was a spot where i thought they could have ended it that would have been a lot more impactful i feel like i remember that too yeah like where they could have left it and if you hadn't read the books you would have been like what the fuck and you would have been so shocked and i was like Mm -hmm. they missed this opportunity they explained everything away and like that annoyed me as a viewer but we'll get to that (laughs) in two episodes we will we will but That's it for this episode. I don't know what else we can talk about. We've talked, like, so much about these, and we're very passionate, obviously, about these books and these movies. (laughs) It doesn't even feel like an hour has passed of us talking about this movie, but somehow it has. It has. We just, we love talking. 
<laughs> specifically about the hunger games and yes. PETA. Mm. yeah so hope you enjoyed it hope you liked hearing us talk about it feel free to email us your thoughts i don't know we're not really on any social medias i have made all the social medias but we haven't like <laughs> done anything with we them haven't started them yet but at this yeah, point yeah, yeah. maybe there'll be some stuff just check the description of the podcast episode just go look for my tweet from this week yesterday when i watched it where i said who gave catching fire the right to make me cry for two and a half hours straight that was my That's mood after the mood. this. That's the whole mood. <laughs> but we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Ooh, bye.